0: Chapter six of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Fay Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six As Written in Eunice's Journal. We have had a busy week, and such a strange one. Surprising events followed each other so rapidly. In the first place came that telegram. I believe I shall always shudder when I see a telegram after this mine was so short and so full perry harrison is dying come how the room whirled, and how very strange it seemed to be up in the air and falling with no solid place on which to fall they say fainting is like that if it is i don't want to faint i didn't faint quite either i felt that there was no time to lose in that useless way i gathered my strength and went downstairs I went in search of aunt ruth and said speaking as calmly as i could aunt ruth i have got to go to redwood she faced about on me spectacles and all she was looking over fruit and she always wears spectacles doing such work and rarely at other times so that makes her look more strange i remember that even then i thought of the queer look it gave her eyes and remembered that my eyes were said to be like hers and wondered if mine would look like hers when i wore glasses and all the time i knew for i said it over to myself that awful sentence perry harrison is dying to redwood she said drawing out the letters until each made a line where on earth is that it is in vermont on the vermont and something else railroad i don't remember just where it is but i have got to go by this time aunt ruth seemed to have an idea that something was amiss she took up her bowl from the chair before her and pushed the chair toward me with her foot as she said sit down child you look like a sheet what on earth is the matter i didn't sit down i had a dim idea that if i should the chair would go sinking down to that bottomless abyss that seemed whirling around me but i answered promptly perry is sick perry harrison you remember him he is dying the telegram says and i want to start at once my aunt ruth froze into propriety in an instant what an idea she said in her most astonished tones as if you could go out there to see a young man who is no kind of kith or kin even if he is sick how cold and terrible the words sounded why aunt ruth i said speaking in a tremor of haste and pain he has been just like my brother all my life he is just as dear to me as if he were my brother pshaw aunt ruth said piling up the fruit carefully in the dish before her of all the silly talk that girls get off this is the silliest being like your brother don't give you and him the same name and don't give you no kind of right in the eyes of lookers-on to go tearing around over the country after him it ain't respectable you see i don't care anything about lookers-on i said hotly they may say and think exactly what they like i never did care for gossip and this is not the time to begin i never saw one of them in my life that did aunt ruth said it as composedly as though i was not at the very verge of endurance They none of em care for gossip. They are above it, in a higher sphere. It's a mercy that the most of them have old, wise heads with a little common sense in them to look after them, or they would all go to destruction together. I tell you what it is, child, even gossip ain't a thing to be run over with a sniff, as if it wasn't any account. As a rule, folks won't go at that work unless they have a kind of foundation to start on for a moment i felt as though i must take up that great yellow bowl she was heaping with berries and hurl it at her head how could she be so exasperatingly cool and argumentative when perry was dying but my very anger had a quieting effect upon my nerves when they get to a white heat they are stiller outwardly than while they are heating aunt ruth i said and the sound of my own voice surprised me I am going to redwood by this afternoon's train if you will help me to get ready and go in a decent manner i will be glad and if you will not i will run away i am going on the five o'clock train if i live she suspended her horrible picking for two minutes and looked me full in the face is the child gone clean mad she muttered and despair took hold of me for really i might talk of running away and all that sort of thing but i knew that i should have to get aunt ruth's permission or stay at home in the first place i had not a cent of money in the world and in the second no it is not so i can honestly put that reason first i was my father's daughter i was placed by him in my aunt's care and not even for you perry could i go in direct opposition to her command what in the world do you think you can do for him she demanded if he is so very sick he may not live until you get there and if he should what is perry harrison to you i sat down then on the chair i felt myself falling i did not say another word utter desolation got hold upon me if i could have cried i should have been glad instead i looked and felt like a stone aunt ruth worked away at the fruit at last she said in a sharp business tone the one that belongs to her city life and her boarding-house what time is it i don't know what time did you say that train went at five o'clock and here are all these berries to can besides the pies to see to for dinner well what has to be will be i suppose get on your apron and help me as fast as you can if we've got to be ready by five o'clock we shall have to fly that's all now it had never once occurred to me that aunt ruth would think of such a thing as leaving her home and her work to go with me and perhaps the perplexities that such a suggestion started were just the thing for my whirling brain at least it was drawn away for a moment from that awful sentence where can we go aunt ruth i said timidly Perry is not in a boarding-house, you know, he is with his aunt. Whereupon my aunt eyed me again, with bewildered eyes, over her spectacles. I believe the child thinks I am going to pounce right down upon him, as if I had come for no other earthly purpose, she said, and added reflectively, Well, well, girls are fools. Then she deigned an explanation. Why, we'll go to my aunt Mercy's on your father's side, she lives a mile out they didn't have any such high-sounding name as redwood for it when i went there it was stony hollow and for a minute i forgot where that young fellow was i haven't seen aunt mercy for a hundred years more or less but that ain't her fault she'll be willing to see me and if she ain't there's no help for it as you say you've got to go and you always was headstrong i suppose you are attached to him poor fellow he comes of a consumptive lot but there's no use in making a goose of yourself in my opinion but we'll go and no more words about it after that sentence i didn't know whether i wanted most to throw my arms around aunt ruth's neck and kiss her or choke her what i did was to sit still and look over the berries well journal she certainly managed that affair in a remarkable manner i was too much excited to care then but i can see now that i will be glad when i get home again she remarked at noon when the boarders who lunch at home had seated themselves that they would have to be inconvenienced a little she was afraid as she could not get miss hopper to superintend the house until to-morrow and as she had made all her plans to go on a little vacation and take the afternoon train they would have to get along with what the cook and waiters could do for them for one day they were all polite and thought everything would be all right and hoped she would have a pleasant time charlie thorpe of course asked some questions was she going alone no aunt ruth said she was going to take eunice with her she had been promising for ten years to visit aunt mercy and for half that time she had been promising to bring me with her but the right time had never seemed to come until just that minute then charlie wanted to know if it was a long journey and whereabouts in vermont it was and wasn't that the place where perry harrison had hidden himself the very place aunt ruth said and the poor fellow isn't so well as he was i hear i am glad on that account that we are going just now perhaps eunice can cheer him up a little they were children together and have always been playmates just then i could have hugged aunt ruth how wise she was well we came the awful line of miles between us was bridged at last and we were landed at aunt mercy's door this aunt mercy was a woman of whom i had heard indeed but that was about all i hadn't an idea as to what we were coming and i didn't care by that time i had begun to have great faith in aunt ruth's powers so as we clambered into jonas stiles's fruit wagon which was going right past aunt mercy's place i clutched her sleeve aunt ruth i must see perry to-night some way i don't care how only i must do it to-morrow may be too late aunt ruth's voice was sharp even in undertone you talk like a fool child if i must say so how can we possibly manage it to-night pity's sakes you ought at the very least to be going to marry him by the way you act then aloud she said Where is that young Harrison stopping who came out here for his health? She seemed to know Vermont ways and to realize that Jonas Stiles would know all about him. He lives in that farmhouse yonder just back of where you are going to stop, and I rather guess he came for what he won't find. He has been going on from bad to worse ever since he got here. I heard tell this morning that he was dying. Oh, Journal, how could I bear this much longer? I felt like screaming i wanted to say let me out i will go to him this minute i did open my mouth to speak but aunt ruth put a firm hand on my arm a hand that some way quieted me i guess you may stop there with me if he is so bad as that she said quietly i used to know his mother well and i should like to see if there was a turn of any kind i could do for the poor boy the man agreed to it quietly enough he was too good-hearted to think it strange will i take the young woman on he said looking inquiringly at me oh no aunt ruth said she may as well wait for me and no he needn't wait no not at all and if he could just set our trunk down at mrs spencer's door and say that we had stopped to inquire after a friend we could easily walk the little distance then she said to me as she watched him drive away Now I hope you are satisfied. For my part, I feel like a fool. What did I feel like? I never can tell. Our knock was answered by a young girl with a fair, pure face. I knew in an instant that it was Daisy. She took my hand and said at once, Are you his friend Eunice? Yes, I said, and my voice was perfectly quiet. How is he? he is living and that is really all we can say i am glad you have come he seems to have been expecting you for he asked twice if the train was in but there is one thing you must not go to him at all if you cannot be perfectly quiet and controlled the doctor says that the slightest agitation might be fatal and there is another thing he will ask you at once whether you think he is going to die the doctor will not have him told i think it is all wrong but i cannot assume the responsibility so i have to live a lie before him and you must reconcile it with your conscience as best you can to do the same or determine what to do only i ought to tell you this that the doctor thinks that a knowledge of the hopelessness of his condition would be sure to prove fatal and yet you think it is all wrong not to tell him what a cousinly regard you must have for him yes my journal i said just that hard and hateful thing to a lady whom i never saw before but she did not seem to hear it at all or at least to heed it for which i was very grateful i mean i was afterward i did not care then after aunt ruth's admirable planning to have everything appear natural and reasonable while she was talking earnestly with daisy as she threw off her duster showing her what old and tried friends his mother and she used to be and how sorry she was for the poor boy one of those unaccountable whirling fits came over me and for the first time in my life i fainted dead away the next time i actually knew anything enough to remember it i was lying in a sweet-smelling country bed aunt ruth stood beside me you are not to go near him tonight she said and you needn't think it you have had your way all along it is time for me to have mine i have been up and the doctor is there and he says he is not to see a new face tonight nor be agitated in any way and he says there is a mite of hope and it's my opinion he isn't going to die yet a while he isn't if i can help it i am going to take care of him tonight myself and you are to lie still and mind or if you don't that doctor says you will have a run of fever as sure as fate and that will make a pretty mess saying which she bustled away and there was i who had travelled a day and a night in feverish haste who had neither eaten a mouthful nor slept a wink since i heard the news and had finally reached over a space of three hundred miles for the purpose of fainting away and being put to bed in the room under his and having daisy to nurse me it was well such an experienced nurse as aunt ruth had come with me to take her place when i did finally see perry it was a strange meeting he was too weak to open his lips and i was not allowed to open mine so i could only hold his hand for an instant and smile at him like an idiot and then rush away and cry like a boiling volcano all of which was of great benefit to him he is better you may be sure of that or i would not be going all over this to you we have been here two weeks aunt ruth talks of going home and leaving me to aunt mercy's care if i ever get to it i am going to tell you about that woman he is not by any means out of danger but the smiling doctor grows more smiling and begins to hint that a change of climate in the autumn may do wonders for him if he should rally from this but oh that awful if and let me tell you journal of something that i will tell no one else i will not let myself say it only occasionally but i don't believe it this is a deceitful lull in a deceitful disease and above all the other pain there is one so strange and sharp that i cannot explain it but he is afraid to die perry harrison with his splendid intellect and his splendid courage never afraid of anything earthly is awfully afraid of this softly shadowy thing that looks so simple and quiet this dying i don't think i am afraid of it i think i would like to try it that horrible daisy says people even cowards are not apt to be afraid of things that they fancy are far away from them are you afraid of it i asked her and i spoke fiercely as some way i cannot help speaking to her she answered quietly enough no i am not i know i should not be afraid to die to-night but it is for no such reason as you give it is because when i pass through the valley in the shadow of death i will fear no evil for he is with me his rod and his staff will comfort me why don't you teach the secret of your fearlessness to him if it is such a secret and such a wonderful thing i asked and my tone was sneering she gave a weary sigh there is just one that can teach that secret she said and i have tried so hard to have perry learn it of him but he will not if i know what you are talking about if there is anything in it at all and i had the secret i'd risk but what i could get perry to be interested in it i said bitterly she answered me in the same quiet steady tone that she had all the time used you know perfectly well there is everything in it why don't you get it for yourself and try to impart it to him then she went away and left me to think it over it is very strange i wonder if anybody ever felt so before i want perry to be a christian i do believe in it i know there is truth in it i want him to have the help that it can give for i am almost certain he is going to need it but i don't want to be a christian myself i can't want to i hate the whole subject i would willingly try to be interested for perry's sake but i can't my heart seems shut up i am going down now to read to him he will make some miserable selection he always does something that will throw him into a fever of thought and do no good what a stupendous failure living is end of chapter 6